Welcome to the Sooners Extra Podcast, powered by the Oklahoman. I'm Ryan Aber, here with Barry Trammell. The Sooners Extra Podcast is presented by Zaxby's, taking chicken to a whole new level of flavor. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast. Have a special guest here for the uh, OU bye week, former Oklahoma quarterback Landry Jones. Landry, how you doing today? Man, I'm doing good. Great. Glad to hear it. And we'll uh, uh, talk a little bit about what you're up to now here in the second segment. But wanted to start off with uh, with your Oklahoma career and, and looking back at that. Uh, Landry, looking back, obviously a lot of big moments for you. But what's what's maybe the one moment that really stands out to you about your time in Norman? Oh, man mostly the relationships I made there. I made a lot of great friends there and, um, and I met my wife there. So, I mean, just the relationships I made with people, that's more, more what I remember more than anything. Landry, of course you red shirted as the, uh, your first year and then got thrown into the fire when Sam got hurt. Um, going back to that Brigham young game and then a couple of those games thereafter, how tough was that as a red shirt freshman to, to jump in and, and take over the quarterback job? Well, I just – I don't think I was ready. Um, you know, and so that first year I played really badly and didn't didn't do a whole lot of good things, but it was probably the best year that had ever happened to me just because I learned so much. So, I mean, looking back at it now, I'm, I'm probably more thankful for that year than any of the other ones because it just set me up for more success down the road. What what were the biggest things that you learned from from those early experiences, those first uh, couple games there, when you like like you said you you weren't ready, but you didn't have a choice but to be ready. I mean, I yeah, everything. I mean, just how to study, how to prepare yourself for a game, and how to actually be in a game, and what to do in crunch situations, and it, it was just. Yeah, everything that you could think of about playing the quarterback position just kind of got thrown to the fire, and um, I learned by experience. So it was just it was just really really good for me to kind of go through that and um, almost fail or not almost fail, but fail um, that first year starting. You, of course, you debuted there in Jerry World, first official game, not counting exhibitions in uh, in AT and T Stadium in Arlington, and you go in against Brigham Young. What well, what was it like just taking over right there in the middle of the game against BYU? I can't remember if you guys were huddling. You probably weren't huddling, but if you did huddle, what what were you do? What were the huddles like? What were the conversations like with some of those guys who who were such veteran players? Oh man, that was like ten years ago. Uh, <laughs> gosh, uh, I don't remember like really specifics about it i just remember uh, i remember sam getting hurt and i remember being like okay where's my helmet let's get myself prepared and let's get ready to actually go in there and play but as far as like specifics about like what was said at halftime man i just i don't even know i mean now it's like it's crazy because that really was like 10 years ago yeah it's it's sort of hard to believe we had had uh trey millard on uh, recently, and talking to him about his great the the hurdle in the Red River game, and you know it's hard to believe how far some of these things have gone. I guess it just speaks to to all of us getting old. You think 
still look back to me and seems like you were here yesterday. Seems like that Trey play was yesterday, but uh, time unfortunately moves by fast. Yeah, seriously. Hey, Landry, you, uh, of course, you, talking about the struggles of that, you know, that first year, of course, that laid the foundation for three great years to come, uh, 10, 11, 12, and all those passes and all that yardage. When people look at your, at your OU uh, totals, it, it, it's almost unbelievable how much production you had. Um, can you just tell us what it was like those three years of, of playing in that offense, flinging the ball around and, and uh, being so successful and, and setting all those records that still stand and probably are going to stand for a good long time? Yeah, I mean, it was – you couldn't ask for – like, I mean, I just threw for a ton of yards, ton of touchdowns and all that. Just never really got to the uh, – unfortunately never got to the big game. Uh, man, that would have been so sweet if they would have had a playoff back then. But um, it was just—I, it was just seems like a blur now looking back at it. But man, I had a ton of fun and super thankful for it. And Landry, you played with a lot of really good receivers. I mean, you just look at uh, some of those guys: Kenny Stills, Justin, or uh, Sterling Shepard. Obviously, you had Justin Brown there for a little bit. Jalen Saunders. Um, what stands out to you about those guys, especially the guys who are, uh, you know, still kicking around the NFL, guys like uh, Kenny and Sterling? Kenny was just – he was just your your all-around good receiver, was super fast, could run any route that you wanted him to run. And then Sterling, I only got to play with him um, for that first year. And he was a freshman, so he wasn't really – I didn't really get to play with him a whole bunch. Um, and then Justin Brown, um, same type of thing. He only came in my, my senior year. So the guys that really was, was Ryan, uh, Broyles and, yeah. and Kenny, who I got to, to see more of. And Ryan was kind of the all around, move them all over the place and ask him to do a ton of different things. And then Kenny was the guy that we asked to go deep, run, deep crossing routes and stuff like that and so those two guys were just really special players and unfortunately for ryan i think he would have had a way longer career in the nfl if he would have stayed healthy yeah i I think uh, obviously a lot of injury issues with him another guy that you played with that's still in the nfl at a a different spot uh blake bell i want to ask you about looking back landry at uh, that situation and and obviously the belldozer that sort of took people by storm how did you feel about that at the time and has that changed uh maybe over the years as you've gotten a little bit older (laughs) no i hated it then and i still hate it now (laughs) (laughs) yeah just oh sorry barry go ahead oh uh, what was the dynamic like with you know the politics of you know of uh, Blake coming on the field anytime the ball got inside the five yard line. Did you did you make a case with Coach Stoops or or Josh Heupel? Did you just sort of know it wasn't going to matter and kept kept your mouth shut or how did how did that all tra- transpire? <laughs> I mean, I I, they, I I feel like they both knew I never liked coming off the field, but it was what they. They thought that we needed, and uh, they thought that what, what was best to, to win football games. So it just kind of was what it was, um, whether I liked it or not. You know, and that's just kind of a part of 
playing a team sport, there's going to be things that you don't like about it. But at the end of the day, you just are trying, are going to go out there and try to win games. And were you able to keep, uh, I don't know how to ask this, but uh, the, the relationship with Blake separate from that issue? Oh, gosh, yes. Me and Blake yeah. are still really <laughs> close. You know, so that was never like a – there was never any, like, ill will towards, like, Blake or Coach Hype or Coach Stoops or anything like that. It was just like, I don't want to come off the field. Who wants to go into a game and then have to come off? You know, that sucks. Yeah. You you mentioned uh, Josh Hype a couple times. I wanted to ask you about him. Uh, obviously, his time at Oklahoma didn't end the way that he would have liked – I mean, obviously, it's worked out fantastically for for all sides with what uh, Lincoln Riley's done here in Norman and what Josh Heupel has done now uh, at Central Florida. But you know, what what is, what's your main takeaways about being around Josh Heupel as a as a person and as a coach and uh, the the job he did at Oklahoma? Yeah, I think he would have. I think he would probably say this a similar thing that I would say, you know, I mean, it didn't end the way he wanted it to, but also that was his first OC job, you know? And so I'm sure he learned a ton about uh, what he did well and what he wish he would have, would have changed, you know? And so now he's super successful and I'm sure looking back at it, he's probably really thankful for the time that he got to spend at Oklahoma and, and be the OC. Uh, Landry, when uh, when you look back over your career, you had all kinds of interesting games. Florida State down in Tallahassee, the the Big Twelve title game when you guys were down, I think seventeen zip to Nebraska and come back and win. But you also started three Texas games. You won them all. No Oklahoma quarterback ever has a better uh, OU Texas record than Landry Jones, three and zero. What were those? And two of those, of course, were the were the blowouts that got everybody fired up. What was it about Texas that, that you think you played some of your best football? I don't know. I think that I mean some of those games too. I mean, I play. I obviously I I had really I played really well in a lot of those games, but also at the same time, the defense had a couple couple touchdowns in those games too. You know, so whenever you you roll teams like that and you blow people out, there's a lot of things that that go into your favor as well. But I mean. I don't know. It was just a great, it was just a really cool atmosphere. The stadium being split, getting to play in the cotton bowl. And, um, I know for me, it was just a really special game. And I still, I mean, if I ever watch, uh, if I ever watch an Oklahoma game, I'll always watch that one, no matter what, you know? <laughs> so that one will always be <laughs> something that I go and watch. And did you ever throw the horns down Landry? I mean, I always would, but I guess now, goodness gracious, we can't do anything. That's a penalty now. It must just hurt someone's feeling. It's just ridiculous. Uh, Apparently so. We're going to take a a quick break here and be back with some more with Landry Jones. Uh, This is the Sooners Extra Podcast. I'm Ryan Aber, joined by Barry Trammell. The Sooners Extra Podcast is presented by Zaxby's, taking chicken to a whole new level of flavor. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com. Welcome 
Welcome back to the Sooners Extra Podcast, powered by the Oklahoman. I'm Ryan Aber here with Barry Trammell, and uh, still joined by Landry Jones. And Landry, wanted to talk to you about what you're doing uh, post OU career uh, and the the XFL. You're with the Dallas Renegades now, reunited with Bob Stoops. What's uh What's that like to be with him? And and what are you most looking forward to about that uh, reunion? Man, I'm just excited. I'm excited to get to actually get on the field and play. You know, it's been a been a while where I hadn't been a backup or anything like that. So I'm just excited to go out there and actually get to play some football again. What what drew you to this uh, this league? Obviously, like you said, playing is a, a a big part of it. But I would imagine it had to be a, a little bit more than that. Why the XFL for you? Um, well, obviously playing was the the biggest draw for sure knowing that i'm going to be able to go out there and actually step onto a field and compete that's going to be that's going to be awesome and get some good tape out there um the other one coach stoops some of the i don't know some of these other leagues that i've been approached by and i was just a little skeptical about them um but with him being in it seems a little bit more legit just knowing the guy he wouldn't step into anything that wasn't going to succeed um and so with him being in it that made it more legitimate for me and i just trust him i know him really well i mean we spent five years together won a ton of football games so that was a, a big draw of course your offensive coordinator in dallas is is how mummy sort of the father of the air raid beget mike leach who beget all this other stuff that's going on now, how much time have you got to interact yep. with how mummy and and what kind of uh, what, what kind of a uh, of an offense are we going to see from a Landry Jones Hal Mummy collaboration? Well, it's going to be it's going to be the air raid stuff. So I mean, whatever you saw Coach Coach Leach doing down there at Texas Tech and Hal was was doing it in Kentucky back in the day. That's that's what we're going to be running. So um, I mean, going to be throwing it all over the field and putting up a bunch of points. So that's my expectation. And Landry, you mentioned that uh, putting film together and, and you know showing on film what you're still able to do. Do you feel like uh, that that you can still play in the NFL? I mean, everybody always still feels like you can play in the NFL. You know <laughs> what I mean? Um, but I don't know. It's I wish I could just predict the future and be like, yeah, I'm going to play this for a year, and then I'm going to go and get a starting job in the NFL and. You know, but it could go a thousand different directions where it's like I just enjoy this so much that I just continue to play my football career out in the XFL and call it good. Or, you know, it could go a ton of different ways, you know. And so for me, it's just like, let's just take, let's just take one day at a time and, and figure this thing out. Of course, you spent several years in the NFL with the, with the Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger's backup. Got a few chances. Uh, to start and and had some uh, some memorable moments. Uh, now we see up in Pittsburgh where uh, Ben's out for the year. Uh, Mason Rudolph's going to get a, a virtual full season audition. Do you, do you regret not getting that kind of chance yourself? Not to wish any any ill will on on Roethlisberger, but when when you got your chance, it was always as sort of a temporary fill in. Everybody knew Big Ben's coming back very soon. Would a, would a more sustained audition have have been beneficial to your career 
No, yeah. I mean, geez, we, I, anytime I got to play, I got to play like one game here or there, you know, and being a backup, is just such a weird, like dichotomy where it's just like, you're close to people. So you don't want anybody getting hurt, but also at the same time, like your only chance is if someone does get hurt. So it's just this weird, like you don't want anybody to get hurt, but also you kind, you kind of do at the same time. So it's just like this weird back and forth type of thing. And, it's truly just the luck of the draw. I mean, there's only one quarterback that gets to play on the field at a time, you know? And so for me, it just, it never worked out like that. And that's kind of how my, my career went, but um, that is what it is. There's nothing I could do to change that. You know, I ask you this uh, as it relates to OU, but like Barry said, you got some chances up there, not the sustained chance that you would have liked, but um, what was maybe, what was your first start like? in the NFL and how did that compare to, uh, you know, how you were thrown in, uh, here down here in Norman? Um, it was, it was pretty similar actually. Um, my first game I got to play in was against Arizona and, uh, Mike Vick was the, uh, Ben had gotten hurt, um, in St. Louis and Mike Vick went in and he played in a couple games. And so he was, he was our starter for a while. And then in uh, Arizona, he had, I think he might have gotten a concussion or uh, or hurt his hamstring somehow. Then I went into that game and um, played really well. And we won that game. And uh, it was kind of like a similar similar type of thing. It was one series, he was fine and running around and doing his thing. And the next series, he was out. Going to Pittsburgh clearly was not – the greatest thing for your career I, I think we can all agree however you did go to one of the stately franchises um in the uh, in the nfl with the great ownership of, of the rooney family and the, and the coaching stability which is so rare how much of a first class organization from the it certainly looks from the outside like that's what the steelers are is, is that the way it is on the inside as well Oh man, it was great. They treated you. They treated you really, really well there. And like I said, I mean, I would would I have rather gone to a team that had a more fluid quarterback situation? Yeah, I, for sure. Who wouldn't have wanted to go to a team where you could go and play? But at the end of the day, I don't regret any of my time in Pittsburgh. I had an amazing time there. I mean, we grew as a family and made an incredible relationships, and the people there so awesome and great and coach Tomlin is first class man and the Rooney family does an awesome job running an organization so my time in Pittsburgh was really really good and Landry you've uh, sort of alluded to this a couple times your family and uh I'm say married to former OU basketball player Whitney Whitney Hand uh what's how's uh, everything going with that and uh you know what's what's Whitney up to nowadays so we actually we actually moved to uh, Dallas whenever I was a free agent a couple of years ago. So we we live here in Dallas and hanging out here. Got uh, three kids now, and so life is just rolling on. And was she was she coaching basketball? Uh, I I thought I heard that at one point uh, up in Pittsburgh. Has she continued to do that down in Dallas, or or what's she up to? Yeah, so she was she was coaching she was coaching basketball in Pittsburgh. She was a head she was an assistant coach for one year, and then she got a head coaching job um, at Seton LaSalle. 
And then now she is here in Dallas and she is doing performance coaching. Very cool. Well, last question from me, Landry. Uh, this XFL adventure, you mentioned you got a lot of faith because Bob Stoops is involved. Are you, are you, ex- are you expecting this to be pretty close to top-notch, top-shelf type football? Don't expect it to be NFL quality, of course, but are we talking about pretty close to NFL quality football? I mean, I think it's going to be good football. I think that the thing about it is, is the NFL, like the professional football needs like a, I guess, semi-pro slash triple-A type of thing, much like baseball and, and basketball have. Um, the NFL has never really had that. And so for me, that's like, that that's what makes this exciting too. maybe starting something to where guys in my situation where they're they're on the cusp and um haven't gotten just that opportunity to go out there and put some good stuff on tape and continue to play football while still waiting for an opportunity landry also uh talking about the dallas renegades and the the xfl well i guess first of all did you know when you signed up that you were very likely or going to wind up with uh, with the Dallas franchise with Bob Stoops. I knew that it was very likely. Um, I never really came out and said that that's where I was going, but I I was like ninety percent sure that that's where I was heading. Did did the, I assume that made it easier to uh, jump aboard? Just that the. the opportunity for that like you said you believed in bob stoops and and that if he believed in it you know you'd believe in it but did that make it easier knowing that you could play for him and the success that you had uh together at ou it made it easier because i'm real familiar with him and i trust him and i think that he's going to hire good people you know and some of these type of stuff you just never know who your coach is going to be and what kind of crazy stuff you're going to be running you know and so for me it was like once he mentioned how, and I was like, okay, I'm real familiar with that that system, and I ran kind of a hybrid of it in in college, and so that was a a comfort level that I had. And then, uh, what's it like to be reunited with Ryan Broyles? You brought him up earlier. He was uh, picked as part of the the open draft in the the XFL's uh, draft system. Got a couple of other you guys, Dimitri Flowers, Jeff Bedet as well, but. Ryan Broyles is a guy that you've obviously had a lot of success with. What's that going to be like to play with him again? I mean, geez, I did, half of my yards is probably to, to that dude right there. So I'm just really excited about that. I get him back healthy and rocking and rolling and see what we can do. Well, all right, Landry. Well, hey, thank you so much for joining us uh, on the Sooners Extra podcast. We really appreciate it. And uh, g- good luck uh, down there with the Dallas Renegades and the, the uh, XFL. All right. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Once again, that is uh, Landry Jones. Thank you so much for joining the Sooners Extra Podcast. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back with more on the Sooners Extra Podcast presented by Zaxby's, taking chicken to a whole new level of flavor. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast. Welcome back to the Sooners Extra podcast brought to you by Zaxby's. 
Um, you just heard Ryan Aber and Barry Trammell interviewing former Oklahoma quarterback, now Dallas Renegade quarterback, Landry Jones. But now you'll be hearing uh, <laughs> me, Abby, Abby Bitterman, as the host uh, with Gen- columnist Jenny Carlson and deputy sports editor Jeff Patterson um, as we talk to you a little bit about our picks for this weekend. Um and just a look at, at the college football scene this weekend and maybe what else you can watch since you can't watch OU. It's kind of an abbreviated Big 12 schedule this week, guys. A Thursday night game, uh, West Virginia at Baylor, uh, and then only two Saturday games, Sunflower Showdown, Kansas State, Kansas, and TCU at OSU. I mean, Baylor's interesting if you're Oklahoma. Yep. Um, because, you know, if you're Oklahoma, you I think Baylor wins that one in a pretty easy fashion. But if you're Oklahoma, you want Baylor to win as much as possible, as impressively as possible before um, you get to Baylor here in a few weeks. Uh, I've got, let's see, what did I pick? I said Baylor's going to win 39-21. Yep. And I have them, I have Baylor winning 46-20. to Um I, I agree with you. I think that... I'm actually 45-24. I was looking at Aber's score. Oh, yeah, score, that so. is what Aber says. So if you want to know what Ryan Aber thinks, <laughs> 39-21. Um, you like Baylor big, Jeff? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I actually grew up a couple counties away from Neil Brown, the West Virginia ah. coach. So oh. I am a little partial to uh, to his program, but... Not that ba- partial. Yeah, not that <laughs> partial. Uh, Baylor should win by at least a couple touchdowns in this one. Um, I mean, it's a Thursday night game. Like, the crowds get so jacked up for that because it's such a rare thing yeah. to have. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's going to be so much positive energy for Baylor there that they should and they, handle business. They have been having great crowds in Waco even before they kind of set, you know, they were they were kind of trending towards looking really good and now we know they're legit like they've got some big wins under their belt and a Thursday night game like you say I think I think the the Waco crowd is going to be electric on Thursday night so yeah I I like Baylor to win pretty big in that one yeah and just to reiterate what you said Jenny I mean if you're an OU fan and you need a, a rooting guide for this weekend Baylor is an easy choice for someone to root for yeah for sure yeah and then uh what about TCU at Oklahoma State who you like, Jeff? Um, that's a tough one. Like, if if TCU was ranked, I think I would have a I'd have a better time picking OSU. Um, but they're going in. I mean, right now it's they're a three point favorite. Um, I know. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, and those Gary Patterson defenses. I stopped picking. I stopped picking OSU last week, and of course they won. So I've picked them this week. No, I so. figured they'd win last week. Yeah, um, I thought they'd beat Baylor. I thought that was where they turned <laughs> the corner. Eh, wrong. I'm going to say 32-28 to 28 OSU. Okay, all right. I picked TCU, uh-huh. which nobody else who has filled in the picks grid has so far. Yeah. But last week I picked Stanford when everyone picked Arizona, and I was right. <laughs> um, no, I think, you know, TCU with those – weird uniforms with a little bit of red in them you know coming off the win against texas they got they got some energy and i know the oklahoma state just beat iowa state but i don't uh, i don't know i don't know i'm not i'm not i'm not high on the cowboys this year it feels it feels very it feels very up in the air i mean i i I just i think i think the inconsistency with osu is still the thing that I'm that comes to mind. I'm picking OSU to win, but only uh, I've got them winning by three, thirty-eight, thirty-five, and I wouldn't be surprised to see it go the other way. 
Oh, I have TCU winning by two. So, so yeah, forty-two to forty. Yeah. So I, I mean, I think I think it's I think it's a I think it's going to be a close game. But um, yeah, TCU's defense is. Gary Patterson knows what he's doing. Yep. Uh, yeah. So now the big one to watch, <laughs> which is an insane statement that no one ever thought they'd say in the Big Twelve, but Kansas State at Kansas. Yeah. The what the Sunflower Bowl is that Sunflower what it is? Showdown? Sunflower yeah. Showdown. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and if you're an OU fan, this is one of those that you've oh, yeah. got to pull for K State. Yeah. You know, you can't you can't lose to K State one week and have Kansas beat them the <laughs> next. Ugh. That would yeah. be that would be bad. Uh, I think Kansas State wins, but I think this one's I think this one's close too. I mean, um, you know, I, I uh, Kansas is a little Kansas, bit of a Kansas is interesting. They almost. Could have beat Texas is I forgot how that one it like ended weird right they had a, they had a clock uh, the clock didn't run like it should have and the Big Twelve admitted it they said that it so should have started Texas had some home cooking at, yeah for like four seconds that uh, should have run that didn't so that game could have turned out easily different it was obviously a long field goal at the end that won it um, I got Kansas State winning I think that they are uh, in some ways like that Iowa State team a few years ago I think they'll win but um, uh, yeah I mean I I just I just don't know if even if they keep winning, I don't know if that's yeah. enough for Oklahoma. But it's a, it's at least something that has to happen. You can't again. You can't have the team that beat you turn around and lose the next week to Kansas. No. Yeah, I've also picked Kansas State, but I mean, I just I'm curious as to when the last time when the last time in the Sunflower Showdown was that both Kansas State and Kansas were coming in off a win. Mm. It'd probably be back into the Mark Mangino years. I mean, that would be the I mean, last really. time you could at least start looking. Yeah. yeah. I'd be oh, that'd be the first place I'd check, but even then it's not a guarantee. Yep. Every 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 Kansas team was storming the field. Uh or Kansas was that game at oh, yeah. Kansas, Texas Tech? Yeah. 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 So the I whole think state they, of Kansas on the field. I think they took down the goalposts. I'm sure they did. I think they did when they won in the non conference and beat whoever they beat. So why wouldn't they do it against Tech? Surely. Surely. Yeah. Don't call me Shirley. <laughs> what about what other games are you guys looking at? Uh, I mean, obviously, um, Georgia, Florida, uh, they're playing their annual uh, neutral site game. I think yep. Georgia's favored by almost a touchdown in that game. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, as far as there's not like the teams that are kind of in the mix for things when it comes to national championship playoff picture. I mean, that's probably the one game that would have the biggest impact on that. Yeah. Um, as far as Oklahoma goes, but again, I think if you're Oklahoma, you gotta you gotta be most concerned about those teams you're gonna play in the Big Twelve yet. Yep. Yeah. I I just to throw it out there, I have Georgia winning that game. Yeah. Aber's got Florida, but what does he know? He's yeah. on the disabled list. That's true. Yeah. He's, he he might have picked that on. He might be on pain meds, and he might. Well, have picked I mean, that he's, he's filled it out like within the last couple hours. So oh, well, I would yeah. say probably. Who, who knows? I'm imagining him like Val Kilmer at the end of Heat, where. <laughs> He had to have the emergency sh- um, collarbone surgery or whatever it was, and he's like, got this stuck grin on his face because he's so pumped full of. Is, he, is there any chance he's like poking out his scores with like uh, some sort of like mechanism on his ear or like an elbow that he's? I mean, his left arm is fine. Well, yeah, but I like to I like to pretend as yeah, though he might have some. It'd be sort better of- that way. But he's definitely only doing everything one handed because. You can't. The That's other arm is like frozen now, essentially. Yeah, it's for the best. I've had I've had shoulder surgery, so I I have experience. Should we wish him well and get out of here? We should wish him well. Yeah, we should. Okay. Wished well. <laughs> <laughs>
Val we Kil- wish you well, Ryan Aber. Val get Kilmer. Well, get well soon, Ryan, and we'll hope that you can be on uh, next week's episode of the Sooners Extra podcast brought to you by Zach. Zach.